Good morning, friends. In our first reading this morning, Isaiah challenges the people of Israel to move out of the darkness of exile and march towards the brilliance of a new day. As we begin this new year, we see the darkness of the last two years of pandemic are still upon us. But a new day is dawning, and our loving God bathes us in the light of grace and mercy. So our first reading this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you, and your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant, and your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is a Sunday when much of the church celebrates Epiphany, which doesn't happen till Thursday. It's a time when we, when we notice the story of wise ones coming from the East to celebrate the Christ child. It's a time when the church acknowledges that the good news of the Christ child is not just for a one family or one tribe or one country, but actually is for the whole world. It expands everywhere. The light is the light of the world. Our story is found in Matthew 2, Listen for the word of God for you. <clears throat> in the time of Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at, the ri at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. Then Herod secretly called for the wise ones and learned from them the exact time when the star appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they'd heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped. 
over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see your face. Open our ears, Lord, that we would hear your voice. And open our hearts that we would love like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. These are exciting words for those who have been seeking the star. They're words of the prophet, ancient ones, and it was an invitation of hope to the people of Israel who are being moved back to their homeland, to their restored world. They'd been in captivity in Babylon for years and years and decades. And it's a miracle. It's a dream come true, something for which they have longed. The prophet goes on to say, you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice. It's a word for us as the church celebrates Epiphany this Thursday, the coming of the wise ones from the east. Maybe they knew this text. To seek the Holy One and to find joy. Now these wise ones came a long way from the east looking for a light following a star. And they've been led to Bethlehem where they find that light in the Christ child. The glory of God. They worship there, and it has made them radiant. And they're rejoicing because they had hoped for a holy encounter, and they found it, and they've basked in it, and it allowed it to transform them, giving them energy, imagination, and even love. We can't know what that mystical experience was like for them, but we know it was holy, and we know that they knew that their lives were forever changed. Their pilgrimage is a template for us as we have turned this weekend into 2022. It can teach us how to be and live as radiant light bearers. As counterintuitive as that may seem this very morning. Because these wise ones demonstrated the light for all the world. There, was, there had been much darkness in their world, even as there is in ours. And we're living with so much opaqueness of uncertainty. Hearing or witnessing brutality and violence and illness and greed and insensitivity and rage and bitterness. 
And to tell the truth, we've been learning valuable lessons in the dark these past years. Last week, in the middle of the rainstorm, our, our power went out for four and a half hours. And we quickly learned that we needed to replace the batteries in our flashlights. And we needed to learn how to use apps on our iPhones that we didn't know how to use. And that we needed to restock the pantry. But more importantly, we noticed and learned how dependent we are on electricity and how addicted to the distractions of the media we have become and how to up our communication skills when we're sitting together in the dark. So we longed for light. And I'm sure that those ancient ones learned many, many things as they wended their way after the star. We don't know that there were just three of them. The scripture doesn't say. But they were looking for a light, a star in the darkness. And coming from the east, we can imagine that they were from different cultures altogether than the ones where they were going to stop. They were people of education and research, a far cry from the carpenter shop where Jesus would grow up. They were wealthy, full of resources and largesse, not poor with no place to find a place to stay. But what they all had in common with those they worshipped and those that traveled, and even so with us, is a hope for an inbreaking of the Holy One into human reality as longing and willingness to a longing and willingness to see where does God show up in the world they are what it looks like and what we people of faith are called to be this year if as followers of the Christ child we can offer one gift to our fractured world this coming year it would be to become as they did radiant bearers of the light of Christ, the light of the world. Now, I always wish that the, in the Bible stories that there were a much more detail. Those art pictures that we've seen of, the, of three wise people in, in kingly gowns and crowns and on camels and, 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 and frankincense around them, those are really a conceit of artists. They're not in the text. But we know this much about them, and it's from that we can learn from them. Their encounter with the light changed them, and it empowered them, and it gave them direction. First, the wise men were looking for light. They were looking for the star. They were looking for the mystery we call God. Now, legends say that they were astronomers or astrologers uh, studying the configurations of the constellations, believing that God could be found there. So they followed the light that they had. I'm wondering where you all saw holy light this Christmas tide, in familiar Christmas scripture readings, in the refrains of a hallelujah chorus, in the eager faces of a child in a pageant, in the, graceful, in the grateful glow of someone who is receiving a gift she did not expect. Where might we have seen the light in this past year, in spite of all the anxiety and the disappointment and the unpredictability? 
In my perusing the end of the year analysts and commentators, I make short work of the doomsayers and the prognosticators and move right away to the stories of the faithful ones, most of them very small, where people kept seeking light and shining it in worship, in prayer, in study, in reading, in faithful community, in loving actions like those who are gathering water to take to the towns where the water system is bad, in those who are collecting food for those who don't have it, who those who are opening their small houses to those who are unhoused, by living faithfully by showing up for someone who is all alone. They're seeking justice, those who continue to do that, to do kindness and walk humbly with the light of life. And they keep affirming that light. They keep wanting to know more and seeking more, and they're willing to share it with others. Also, the wise ones were willing to take risks to set out and keep going without a GPS or hotel reservations in hope against all odds. T.S. Eliot's famous poem about the Magi imagines one of them saying, a cold time we had of it, just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey, the ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter, and the camels galled, sore-footed, refractory, lying down in the melting snow, a hard time we had of it. But they took the risk and invite us to take risks. In the face of a nation politically divided, in a world where no one seems to be able to get on top of the rise and fall of the pandemic, in a world where gridlock paralyzes so many structures and systems, in a milieu where there is fake news and disrespect and cynicism, as bearers of the radiant life of, light of Christ, we are challenged to take the risk of keeping on, keeping on. Bearers of hope, bearers of truth wherever we are. And the wise ones lived in openness, open-handed in bringing what they had, gold, frankincense, myrrh, valuable treasures to the Christ child. Were these practical gifts? Doesn't seem so. Were, was it prudent? Maybe not on the face of it. Was it wise? We can't know. But in giving what they had, they gave of themselves generously. And they were open-minded. Listening to the wisdom of their own dreams, and many believe that the spirit comes to us in our dreams, they sought to find a way forward by another road away from the venal plotting of Herod the king, away from the road most traveled on to the next calling, away to what lay ahead, even though they might set out in darkness and in chaos, to bring a light to a wider world than just that little town of Bethlehem. Filled with Christ's light, we're invited to open our minds to new possibilities. I hope when you read the report from the discernment task force this week before the meeting next Sunday, 
that your imagination will be piqued about the way forward in this worshiping community, possibly in learning alongside others how to build a deeper connection in this time of COVID and teleconnection. How do we do that? Or maybe hearing a call to one of the six designated priorities set forth for peace, justice, and compassion. Maybe one of those has your name on it. Possibly the poem from Howard Thurman, which is on the front of your bulletin today, and I hope you get a chance to reflect on that during our communion time, will ignite your heart and mind to see a road not yet taken by you, but where you might go. If there is an exemplar of a radiant light bearer in our world, if there has been one, one who is seeking, risk-taking, open-hearted, it is the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu of South Africa who was buried yesterday, honored yesterday in Cape Town. We can read so much about him and watching so much of his life journey, how many roads he took that were not taken by others, an intersectional ministry across race, ethnic, gender, traditional boundaries. His pronouncements are eminently quotable, and I challenge you to look them up. But the icon that captured the image of this radiant light bearer for me is a picture posted on the internet of Arch, as his friends called him, on stage in front of a huge crowd of people in his clerical robes, red and shining, cross around his neck, leaping, arms in the air, dancing, face aglow. The caption on the particular rendering of this photo that I saw said, faith is a happy place. Saints smile and do justice. Radiant, bearing the light. As we celebrate Epiphany, may each of us be willing to allow the light of Christ to fill us the way that it filled him as we risk loving mercy and justice. We are going to come to Christ's table now, full of God's light, remembering love shown and a call to shine that light forward. May we be willing to do so.